This is the Seven Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. All right. Well, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today for the, the Seven Figure Agency Podcast. This is part of our agency success um, interviews series where we're interviewing highly successful digital marketing agencies from across the country. And I could, be, could not be more excited today than, than to be joined by Zach Winsett from Tree Service SEO. Say hi, Zach. Hey there. How y'all doing? So, Zach, before we dive in, just kind of introduce yourself to the, you know, introduce yourself to the listeners. Kind of tell us your, your story from a high level. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started out in college, didn't know what I, was wanted, what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> um, I started working. Um, when I went to school, I started working with a, a small computer shop, uh, basically was hired to assemble computers and didn't know much about anything back then as far as technology wise. Um, and then started, you know, being computer tech, uh, computer tech in the same, in the same company there and worked my way up. Um, and then they started, they had a server in the back room. They had a lot of local small websites on that server. So I was really intrigued with that. And I was like, how do I learn this stuff? Right. So started playing with front page and then Dreamweaver and all this kind of stuff. Front page. Uh, and, and basically started playing around with Google, you know, trying to figure out how can you get, you know, into Google. This is back in GeoCities days. Okay. This is a long time ago. So um, GeoCities front page, you're talking, all, you're talking my language. I remember those tools. Long time ago. Right. So um, basically try to figure out how to get, websites ranked on Google, things like that. Started dabbling uh, with Google ads back in 2002. Um, got banned within the first three days of being on Google AdWords. Um, didn't know what I was doing. Um, basically had to start from scratch. You know, um, you'll hear that word a lot starting from scratch because it happened like I had to re hit the reset button so many times with everything I've tried to do. Um, so started getting businesses using Craigslist, driving leads then through Craigslist, then merged over to Google, doing Google ads, um, and then managed over, over $1 million in Google ads in the last five years um, for clients. And then, you know, I started thinking, okay, I started doing this affiliate marketing thing. And I was like, let me try this out for a little bit. So I bounced over to there for a little bit and um, made, I basically ranked a 100 web, over 100 webs, mini websites on, Google and was doing really well with affiliate marketing. And then all of a sudden the Panda update, one of these animal animals creeped up on me and just wiped everything off the map. So I'm like, well, shoot, I got to start over again. So I went and I just basically, I was like, I like driving leads to customers. I think that was a really good thing I was doing. Um, at the time I was working full time as an IT administrator and IT manager, um, for a software company in Atlanta. And, um, so I knew a lot about servers, knew a lot about things like that technology wise. So I was trying to find a good match for me, you know, um, and I pivoted more towards just lead generation and started in 20, actually 2015 is when I went full time doing what I do now. Nice. Um, so prior to that, for the last, for 10 years prior to that, I was basically working full time during the day and at night working three or four hours a night. And I did that even on the weekends. So uh, just trying to learn as much as I possibly could, trying to figure out 
what worked, what didn't work. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So that's, you know, they just up to today. Um, I was heavy in stem cell uh, doctors, working with doctors in the medical field and uh, driving leads to them. That's how I got the two comic club award behind me. Um, Congratulations, by the, by the yeah, way, that's a massive it. accomplishment. Well Thank done. you. Yeah. And um, things was going really well, you know, ramping on a lot of doctors, you know, they, this is a, it, stem cell is a very, it, it's kind of a, a trendy thing in the medical industry. It's all cash based. There's no insurance coverage or anything like that. So it's a lot of high end, you know, it's not uncommon to see a $5,000, $12,000 um, deal go across the table for stem cell. So um, driving leads for that was very lucrative. Um, now that was prior to COVID-19. So COVID-19 hit and then all of a sudden all these doctors were like, we can't even see any patients. So a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the doctors I was working with, they were doing seminars. So I was driving leads to get people into a seminar mm. in restaurants and things like that. Well, you know how that's all been just totally obliviated. Yeah. So, um, pretty much lost 80% of the agency overnight um, with stem cell. Ouch. Now, luckily for me, I had something in my back pocket. I've been doing this tree service SEO is when I first started uh, 2015. And basically what I did was I went out and the first thing I did was I, I started branding. I wrote a book. That's the first, very first thing I did. Hmm. I didn't have any idea about tree service much, except I had a family member that owns a tree service company and they were like, Hey, we need some help getting leads. Can you help us figure this out? And I said, sure, let me, let me, let me play around with this. If I can figure it out and um, did really well. And they're like, why don't you just roll this out to everybody? I'm like, that's a really good idea. But I said, well, I don't have any, I don't have any clients. I don't how, how do I get clients? So crazy enough, I had trees I needed taken down in my backyard. Okay. So while the guy was out here, they had the whole crew here working, cut down 14 pine trees. I was like, hey, I'm going to go talk with this business owner and see if I can get him on board. And uh, went out and talked with him. He didn't join, of course. Um, <laughs> Would have been but, nice, right? Yeah, but I, I kept going. I, I didn't give up. So our, our, um, our, our community here, our neighborhood, was having, needing to have some trees cut down in the entrance of our neighborhood. And I went up to that guy that was cutting those trees down showed him my book. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm starting this business out. I'd love to have you as a client. You know, I just kind of came to him up front, you know, didn't play games or anything. I said, look, I can get you leads. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah. So we started working together and he's been a client for five years straight. Wow. Um, and, uh, that's my first client. And then I went from there, went to the, um, TCIA expo. Uh, I've done Is that, that like a tree service industry expo. Yes, it is. So I did that two years back to back. One was in Baltimore. I think the other one was in Philadelphia. And then I also um, started going to the local climbing competitions. So crazy enough in this niche, there are statewide competitions. There's also regional competitions. And these guys get together, all the climbers get together and they climb the trees. They do this like a, it's like an obstacle course in the trees. It's crazy. And so I set a little booth up right there and was passing information and I landed a couple of clients that way. Hmm. So started just building up, you know, just building and building and building. And um, now I focus more on paid traffic, driving leads in from my agency through paid traffic 
Um, and then I also still go to the expo. I still do those things like that, but not as much. I'm focused now more in paid traffic, inbound leads that are already warm versus me trying to beat the streets with, you know, it just, it gets hard. It's just tough to do. Those things are, you better go in with a lot of energy when you do those kinds of expos and things because it takes it out of you completely. It does, especially for introverts like you and me, right? Absolutely. And, and basically, um, I made a mistake. I went to both of those expos by myself. Woo. So you imagine after three days of being on the floor of, I mean, it was nuts. It was just like, I couldn't even feel my feet anymore. I got on the airplane, just completely exhausted to fly back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that. At least if you're going to do expos, bring somebody along with you that can help you, you know, get things off the ground. Yep. But in the last three months, I've really focused on paid traffic. Now I unpacked uh, a little bit of information in the last intensive we did um, with how I do that, how I set up the page and the ad and all that. But I've taken that a step further and I made a more aggressive ad. So I started pointing out tree service companies that, hey, you've been on the fence way too long. This is, and I actually went to my computer and showed them results of current clients. I said, hey, this is this result here. This is this one over here. And I started unpacking all this information and basically it's got their attention so much that in the past three months, I've gone out on board at 31 clients. I still have probably eight or 10 more. I just need to call back. I mean, it's crazy. So 30, so just plus 31 new clients over the last three months, predominantly through Facebook ads exactly. to tree trimming, which is pretty like a pretty niche niche within the niche. Right. Um, and it sounds like some type of retargeting to the people that saw the ad but hadn't bought yet. Exactly. Nice. So I, I do a front end ad and I do a 30 day view that shows people that see the, the, the video in the last 30 days, a retargeting ad. And basically that retargeting ad is, hey, these are the ones that started the last time you saw me on, on Facebook. Well, these are the ones that just came on. Here's their new results. So it's like a follow up of the last video. Mm. And how so, many, how many different videos? Is it just one or is it a series? I have a two, two, two videos. Okay. And so the first one is just the intro. And then I have a follow-up retargeting ad video that basically says, Hey, this is where these guys are now that they've just started up. So it's like a follow-up of, of, you know, new clients. I love it. And yeah. is that where all, almost all of these 31 new clients came from? Exactly. I haven't even started a referral program yet either. I mean, that's my next step. Um, I'm working on that right now. I've got a lot of guys that are on fire. They're like, you know, if I give them a, a lucrative um, referral program, it's going to take off to the roof, I feel like. So no doubt. Just yeah. out of curiosity, what are you thinking on that front in order to, to stimulate that activity? So what I'm going to do is basically get them into a group on Facebook and I already have a group formed. I've got a couple guys in there right now. They're sharing their information. I drop tidbits information in there as well. And then what I do is I'm going to offer them uh, the referral program through that, through that portal. So inside that group are only current clients. Okay. So are you yeah. thinking of like a one-time fee or are you thinking of, uh, of like, for every client you're for me, I'll give you a percentage of the, like, how are you thinking of structuring that referral program? It's going to be a, it's going to be a recurring thing. Okay. Not on just on the front end. I want them to know that they are part of the, the system. They are part of, of tree service SEO and being able to grow their business as well as 
they get reversed some of their fees every month. So it's a win-win for everyone. Nice. Um, yeah, that will just, that will even accelerate this, this growth. Yeah. If you think about if even 10% of those guys started referring other people into the program because they're right. finding it, they, they like the service, but they're also getting residual growth from it. Exactly. That's it'll, right. It'll, it'll start to snowball. Right. Yep. I love it. So, I mean, this, this is awesome, man. So, all right. So you had really, really successful agency serving the, the stem cell space. COVID kind of put the kibosh on that for a little bit. You pivoted yep. back to the tree service business, um, massive momentum. About how many clients at this point in the tree tr trimming world are you serving? Uh, close to 65. Nice. And um, let's talk a little bit about the service fulfillment model. Like what, what is it that you do for a tip typical tree trim client? Yeah. So one of the main issues these guys have is they have invested millions of dollars in equipment. Mm. Tree, tree service equipment is so expensive. Chipper trucks, uh, cranes, you name it. I mean, these guys are sinking. It's not uncommon to have a truck that costs $200,000. So they have to keep work coming in constantly because when they go out and do a tree removal job, that's it. Like there's no more work for them to do there. So they have to constantly get new leads every single day to stay busy unless they're doing tree trimming. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so basically what I do for them is basically their phone ringing every single day. That's the one, one of the biggest hurdles these guys have is having consistent leads coming in. Now they're doing Angie's list. They're doing home advisor. They're doing all this stuff, but, Home advisor, as you know, they'll go out and sell the, they'll sell the, that same lead three to 20 times, basically. Yeah. And they're paying a lot of money per lead. So what I do is I offer a flat rate fee that covers ad spend. It covers, um, flat rate fee covers ad spend. It covers direct mail, anything like that. They want to build out. So what I'm offering them is basically most impactful way of getting their phone to ring. We're doing paid ads, mailers, um, as a long-term strategy, we also do SEO. We also do websites, but that's on a back. That's more of like a back burner and a longer term approach. If someone says to me right now, I'm hungry. I need leads coming in like tomorrow. My family won't eat. I start ads and get those off the ground. Um, I can generally get them leads within the next two or three days once they sign up. Wow. So, so it sounds like you're actually eating the, the paid search spent as well, or is just, a flat fee that includes managing paid search. The flat fee includes the management management side. They are charged separate. So I get their credit card information. I put that on file with Facebook or Google. Okay, good, good. They're, I was trying to make directly. sure that was clear for. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, so, so what do you charge for this? Like in a typical scenario, you're doing a website, SEO, pay-per-click, direct mail, you know, mailers out to their local area. All right. So basically the, the, if they just want to have leads coming in on a consistent basis, they're not really trying to just, I base it on how big their crew is. If they ever, if they were one, one, you know, if they're three man crew, I know they can handle maybe five or six jobs a week. Right. So we would focus more on pay traffic with those guys. Um, if they want to really blow it up, then we do direct mail on top of the paid ads. Mm. So, um, I'm charging them on a basis, on a monthly basis, um, about $1,600 is for the, just, that's just for paid ads only, mm -hmm. right? So the way I price my service is based on if they can recoup their costs in one or two 
treat removal jobs, then it pays for itself. And that's the way I sell it basically. So when I can get them 10 to 15 new jobs, then they easily see the return on investment. They stick around. No so doubt. that's what I focus on more on uh, anything else is return on investment, um, especially the tree service industry. Um, but um, the mailers are basically one-offs. Okay. Really no way. Cause I target a certain, I target a certain area. I look at demographic data. I look at all this information and then I send direct mail pieces out to those very specific areas that I should go on Google earth and look at how many trees they have in that area. Look at the types of trees. And I try to make sure it's not a new neighborhood, a new establishment that has no trees at all. Cause you know how they build some neighborhoods. Now they just clear, like clear cut all the trees. Yeah, out. Right. Exactly. There's no sense in sending mailers there or apartment buildings. So look at all that information and basically send mailers there. And um, I always use call tracking numbers and all that stuff. And uh, also with any of the packages I get, I give them high level. I give them access to high level. Mm. So I set them up as a, I give them a way to uh, access to the So CR. for those that don't know, it's a software that, that kind of automates the tracking and the nurturing of the leads, right? Right. Okay, yep. sorry. Keep going. Just for those that don't know what high level is. Yeah. So I give them access to that. They actually love that program. Um, it helps them keep track of their return on investment, keeps track of the leads. Cause a lot of these guys, you imagine a lot of these guys, the guy giving out estimates, maybe also the one climbing the tree in some of these industries. I mean, it's just, sure, it's, yeah. they are, they were, a lot of these guys started out as climbers and now they're business owners. So they just kind of go back and forth sometimes, but they're not really good at handling leads. If I give them a system that has all the leads in there, it has an automatic, you know, automated text messaging, follow up and all that stuff for them. It's huge. That way they're, they're able to get out and serve more people and do and, and close more deals basically. So super smart. So it's not just generating the leads, it's nurturing the leads and tracking the return on investment that makes it a really a, a no brain value proposition for the clients you serve. Exactly. Yep. That's it. That's awesome. How, I just out of curiosity, how deep do you go with the high level stuff? Is it just, for a lead that comes in a quick text message and then like a follow-up every couple of days or how, how deep do you go with those campaigns? Uh, I got some clients that are pretty deep. We're doing, we're doing types of follow-ups based on the, the actions they take. Um, we've also, m most of them though are just simple emails and text message follow-up. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to keep that lead warm enough to where they can go out and schedule an estimate. Yeah. Yeah, because we found it to be a big, a big game changer in that most of these companies, even the bigger ones, you know, if the person calls in and leaves a message, they're, yeah. they're out, right? They've moved on with their life. But if you can That's put right. automation in place where a web form comes in, text message goes back right away, a phone call, hey, you know, just wanted to reach out, you called our office about this, just that instantaneous response via email and text message and phone um, has like almost doubled or tripled the conversion rate on the leads that would have otherwise gone stale. That's right. Exactly. That's amazing. And, and in your market, there's not, you know, these guys don't have really robust systems, right? I mean, there's not like a industry standard CRM or anything at this point. No, there, there's a couple of guys, there are a couple of software packages out there. They're very expensive. Um, but when I can provide them as a, as an add on, I don't even charge them extra for a high level. I just give it to them. It's just it. huge. Yeah. It's a no brainer for them. I love it. I think it's super smart agencies that are watching this. You know, you, you know, you can give yourself a massive competitive advantage if you shift your focus from just generating leads to actually helping them close those leads into jobs. And that's what you can do 
uh, with a platform like this really well structured and really well uh, thought out. Yes. And also I can also coach them also on how to handle the leads. Mm. So I have some guys that are very bad on the phone. They have no idea how to talk to clients or customers or prospects, you know, um, like with Google ads, for example, you may get clicks for a competitor, right? So they call up thinking they're calling someone else and you know, that happens a lot. So I touch them and say, listen, that's the lead. I mean, you can still turn that into a potential lead. Um, so I walked them through on that process of how to say, hey, I'm also a tree service company. I I'm, I'm, can give you a free estimate. When can we schedule an estimate? And a lot of guys who do that do really well. The ones that don't do well in Google Ads are the ones that say, I really don't want those competitor leads. I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle them. And they don't want to handle them. Those are the ones that don't do well with paid traffic, um, especially with Google Ads. 100%. You got to train, you got to train your client on how best to convert those leads into sales. Right? right. And, you know, if one in 10 of their leads happens to be a competitor, which it might even be more than that, just what you did there, spending a couple minutes educating them on that this is going to happen and this is what you should say when it happens can mean the difference between a, a failed campaign and a profitable campaign for that particular client because exactly. one free job basically pays for your whole program, right? That's it. Yes. Yeah, it's smart. R really good, really good stuff. So there's a question in here and, and they're asking, how did you choose your niche? This is something that everyone wants to know, and especially in the beginning of their agency. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So when I started choosing my agency, I, had to, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but what I would say is, if I was going to go into another niche right now, the first thing I would look at is, what is the revenue generated on one job? Mm. And can I fit a service that can... Can I create an offer that's going to pay for itself with one or two jobs? So if there's a niche out there that has um, a high recurring, even if it's a recurring thing or uh, like a high end, you know, pest control or something like that, something like, you know, anything that's recurring or if it's a one time high revenue uh, job, that, that's the kind of niche I would focus on. First and foremost, because nice. you got to have the revenue there to cover your costs. Plus you got to have the ad spend and all the things you're doing. You have to make sure you got that covered to reduce our ROI for these guys. If you if your margins are running too tight, you're not going to be able to, to, to sustain very long. I mean, that's not going to work. That's the reason I did the stem cell thing. You know, I mean, it's that doctor, we produced over $5 million in sales for them. And within one year, Wow. He spent $1 million on Facebook ads and generated $5 million in sales in stem cells. That's phenomenal. You know, so it's just, that's a really good, one of those examples of a good niche because it has a high, high value on the front end. So. Yeah, no doubt. So it sounds like though you wound up with tree trimming because of a family member and you kind of were like, Hey, look, let's, let's kind of see whether there's some wheels here. Right. Exactly. That's what that's I did. Pretty and sometimes the niche, like the, the, the kind of the niche finds you, right? I was not intentionally thinking plumbing initially, but right. we got a client in plumbing where well, it got them great results. And then it just kind of blossomed into what it is today. Exactly. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not always a strategic selection process, but thinking about transaction value, making sure that there's a propensity to spend, making sure that the, uh, the, the ROI is going to be evident in what you do for them. I think it's right. kind of the, the, the point to hammer home there, right? Exactly. Very, very important. 
Um, and don't be afraid. Like if you, if you have someone come to your house to do work and they're a local contractor, don't be afraid to pitch them. I mean, <laughs> a roofer, for example, comes to your house, put a roof on your house, does roof repair. Great time to talk with, talk with, talk with them. You know, everyone who comes to my house to do work gets a pitch. That's <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> like, by the way, let's talk about how you're generating leads for this type of stuff. Exactly. Right? That's right. Because I own more than one agency. I, this is tree service, but I also own others as well. Mm. So it's, um, you know, once you get one hammered down and nailed down and focused really hard on, then you can jump to another. But that's another mistake I see people make a lot is in the beginning, they jump from, oh, this didn't work. So I'm going to go over here to another niche and then over here. I'm like, no, don't do that. Stay in that niche until it's successful. And then you can jump to another. But don't do that until you have some, you know, some proof and results in that niche because you could be so close to making it work and then just quit. And then you just lost it all. All that momentum is gone. hundred percent. That's, that's a great, that's a great tip. So we talked about how you got the niche. I think you talked a little bit about how you got your first client. It sounded like it was a family member. Did that family member pay or was that just you like, Hey, look, I'll do this for you. And let's, let's that was, that was a free service. I was basically getting learning in the ropes. Basically. Um, I was, they're my Guinea pig. Um, how I can help them and get, get them results. Smart. And I think it's a smart move. I mean, sometimes you have to, whether it's a family member, somebody that you happen to know, um, you know, you don't need to make money, right? It's just validate in your own mind, get your own confidence, build your own like proof of concept that you can do something for this particular vertical. You can generate a result and then build it up from there. Exactly. That's right. So you kind of, you tested some stuff. Did they pay for the spend or in this case, was it an all organic type focus? They paid for the spend on okay. the, on the ad portion. Um, now I, I built the website, you know, I spent the, basically I've invested time, right? It wasn't as much money as I invested. It was mainly just the time it took for me to learn the ropes. Yep. Yeah. Powerful, powerful play. And then it sounds like the very next thing you did was you wrote a book. Right. Yes. Just based on kind of your hypothesis of what you were doing there. Talk to us about that. Cause I think that's a smart move. Yeah. So wrote the book. Um, it's out on Amazon still. It's really, it's 2016. I think is when this one was published. Um, the book still sells. It does really well. Now when I went to trade shows, the reason I wrote this book was when I went to my first trade show, the, um, the expo TCI expo, instead of handing out business cards, I shipped uh, over 500 books to the expo and handed these out as business cards. Way to do it. Like I would put my business card and a sales letter actually inside the book. Um, so I got a lot of leads just from doing that. 100%. Um, also, the book positions you differently than anybody else. Not only are you saying you specialize in tree service, but you actually took the time to author a book that positions you as somebody that really knows what the heck's going on. Right. And right. then if they did read it, it leads them straight to your door, right? To schedule exactly. a time to chat. Yes, exactly. So the book is written in a way where it, it goes into why they do, should do things, but not how they should do things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important when you're writing a book, uh, have a focus where it shows them, don't give them all the secrets, right? You're not supposed to do that, <laughs> but not all the how to's, but why is important to do the things that are in that book Yeah, and then point them straight to you. I love it. So if we, if we look at this like a domino effect, you decided, okay, I'll, I'll try and work with the family member that's in tree service. You said, okay, I kind of have some validation here. I think I can generate results. You decided, okay, let's find an association where they're going to be gathered, right? 
And right. so you went to that and you're like, well, in order to, to be there with some level of authority, why don't I publish a book? That way I have something valuable to hand out at the, at the association. Exactly. Right. And then it kind of dominoed from there. How many clients did you say you took away from the, the initial play at the expos and things like that? I would walk away. So for them to get a book, they had to give me their information, right? Mm -hmm. So I capture their name, email address, phone number, the business they were with. I basically had a, a form they would fill out on a clipboard. Yeah. Old school, just like me, right? It's old school, right? Um, and I ended up walking away with about 200 leads off one expo. Holy moly. That's impressive. And it was just you by yourself. Just me by myself. Yes. You were exhausted then. And it wasn't just, here's the crazy thing about some of these expos as well. You're not going to be there just to get leads for actual tree service business owners or whatever niche you're in business owners. There are other companies there that are also needing help. Mm -hmm. I had people come up to me, equipment uh, owners, things like that, the manu uh, distributors, Hey, I heard you do, I heard you can generate leads. I heard you can help, you know, build business online. I need some help. And I had actual business owners coming up to me saying, Hey, I need help. So almost half of those were actual spinoffs. Hmm. It's crazy. So yeah. what happened was a lot of it was e-commerce. So I started doing e-commerce um, and, and sales online, basically trying to figure that out. Um, and, basically getting, you know, stores and stuff like that for the, some of these distributors as well, just a spinoff from just going to that expo. Wow. So got the niche, went to the expo, landed a bunch of clients, um, dialed in even further, kind of what the service model was, how to serve these clients, how to get them great results. Um, and it sounds like you've pivoted from there to more of the, of the paid search, like leveraging the results that you've gotten for these other guys uh, running right. Facebook ads. Is that right? I run Facebook and Google. And also YouTube. So all three. So Facebook clearly is you're targeting a custom audience, right? Of these guys that, that are tree service companies, which you know, a lot of us watching, you think, can you really target that granularly to say, I don't just want contractors. I don't just want home service contractors. I somehow, I want specifically companies that run tree trim service companies. Can right. you talk a little bit about how that's even possible? Yes. So the first thing you do is the data is the most important thing um, when you're doing any type of, of ads or anything like that. So you want to make sure the data you're putting in and you're targeting is as clean as possible. So what I do is I use scrapers, mm. uh, D7 lead finders, one. I'm, I'm, I've got several that I use. Scrape as many of those leads as possible. So whatever niche you're in. And then what I do is I clean that data. I'm going to go in and use never bounce something like that to clean that information up. I'm going to try to get their phone numbers, match all that up as possible, as much as possible. And then I upload that data into Facebook. So I upload two custom audiences into Facebook. One is one of them is the emails and the other is the phone numbers. I do two separate, two separate uploads. A lot of people you might not have the same email or phone number and you can kind of match one or the other. Exactly. Cause a lot of people just sit there and they upload their whole list up there and Facebook doesn't, can't, it doesn't find a, it finds a mis, mismatch or whatever and throws it out. Mm -hmm. So I upload two separate lists. Um, that has been very helpful, uh, especially in niches where you can't target exactly, you know, business owners. Now the other thing too, is once you upload that data, there's an, um, a filter 
on Facebook ads, you can say must also include, and that's where you can type in business owner. Mm. So you can then filter down not only that data you have, yes, there might be tree climbers in there. There might be other types of that's wasted. That's wasted eyeballs, right? Wasted eyeballs. So now you just filter that down to show it only to the business owners in that group, in that data set that you have. Is that how you usually do it? You'll, so you'll scrape the seven lead finder and then you'll filter it down and then you'll select business owner. That way the, the list is pretty small at that point, right? By yes. the time you limit to your matches and your business owners. It is. The list is not very big at all. Uh, I think 14,000 is okay. about where I'm at with my target. Oh, wow. <laughs> So that small group is just seeing you again and again and again with this. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. It's awesome. Do you then look alike that list or have you found that to be effective in your, in your world? Uh, not as effective. Okay. Um, Lookalikes, you start getting, again, the, the tighter your data, the better your results are going to be. So now you're doing lookalikes. Facebook's trying to guess based on likes and interests that people have. And it may not be 100% match. Mm -hmm. what the data you put in. So I make sure that I just try to focus on the data that I put in. Love it. Powerful, powerful stuff. Put a, put a comment in here if that's useful. He just kind of shared some pretty, pretty cool secret sauce here. Um, so that's how you're doing the Facebook targeting. Talk about, talk about Google and um, what was it? You said Google and something else. A YouTube. YouTube. Mm -hmm. so, YouTube is very cool. So you can actually target your competitors. If you have, competitors in your marketplace they're also marketing agencies or whatever they are you could target their audience direct on youtube by using urls so if they have a if they have videos of a video channel you can mm -hmm. target their videos you can have your ad placed in front of those videos you could target their urls the websites um with the with google ads um I drive traffic based on key. It's all based on keywords and, you know, search. So type in things like, um, for example, my niche will be tree service websites. Uh, anything you think a business owner might be looking for online to help mm -hmm. them get more business is the keyword you want to be using. And so that's for specific like Google AdWords to bring them to your page, to get them to the, to the strategy section. Exactly. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Very, very, very cool stuff. And then it sounds like you're taking them through a, uh, through a funnel that then also then retargets the second and third tier of that funnel. Exactly. Great stuff. Yep. It's the whole flow. I mean, it's uh, basically it's a landing page, very basic landing page with results on it, maybe a, a case study video, and then a, a link for them to, to, start, to schedule, schedule a call. Nice. That's call. And then that goes into high level and that gives them updates, keeps them warm uh, until that scheduled appointment. And that's the way I have it set up. Slam dunk, slam dunk. Very, very cool. There was a question here by, I think it was Ricardo. I don't, I don't want to miss it. And he was saying, how worried should I be about competition within my niche? Um, and other people kind of knowing what the niche is and that type of thing. I wouldn't worry about that. Plenty of opportunity in just about any space. Exactly. I mean, you got to think also, um, so I only, the way I set my stuff is I only work with one tree service company service area. Okay. There's a reason why I do that. The reason why is because I don't want to be competing with myself in my ads on paid traffic with Google and all this other stuff. So it's like, I'm going to focus on one each service area. And so that way there's room for someone else. There's plenty of room. 
I'm only taking one out of each service area. Yeah, same, same here, same with most agencies. And so if you think about it, have you done the math in terms of how many closed markets you can, or how many tree service companies you could work with across the country? Probably. About 2,100. Wow. So, and how many, there, there's tens of thousands of companies in any space. So even yeah. if you had complete market share, um, there'd be room for other companies to serve in different yeah. ways. So this whole worry about, you know, multiple people in one space or competition, let's just take it off the table. Focus on yourself, focus on going out and serving your clients, focus on growing your business. Um, and we, there's room for all of us to flourish, I think is the message Zach is Absolutely. I think a lot of people get hindered in that. They think, oh goodness, someone's already in that niche. I can't do that. No, that's not the case. When I was doing the stem cell stuff, um, there are tons of companies out there that were doing stem cell, the same kind of thing. They're driving leads to seminars. What I did was I kind of reverse engineered what they were doing and try to do it better. That's it. Put your own spin on it. Don't copy what they're doing, but put your own spin on it. Yeah. Good, good insight. Someone else was asking, and I apologize guys, because there's tons of comments here. I don't, and I don't want to stop and, and scroll all the way back. How, as a digital agency, how are you able to win the two comma club? As a digital agency. So what I did was I set up a landing page um, for people to register and for the, and basically they for register for the seminars. So what we did then was we tie that back to revenue. So the way ClickFunnels works is it's all based on, you got to earn $1 million in revenue through a single funnel. So I built a funnel. We, we blew through over $5 million in sales through a single funnel. And it was a very basic three page funnels. All it was, it wasn't anything crazy. Register for the thing, probably get some type of VIP upgrade or something. Exactly. And then either buy or don't buy at the event. Exactly. That's it. And, and then uh, even though the sell didn't necessarily transpire right on ClickFunnels, because you were able to say they entered here and they mm -hmm. bought here, you yes. could say it's over a million dollar funnel, which obviously it is and was. And right. You get the award. Yep, exactly. So ClickFunnels has a very long, uh, basically when you, when you fill out your form to get their funnel, uh, the, the ClickFunnels award, you won't hear anything back. Like I didn't know this, but it literally took six months. It was like it went cricket, cricket land, right? You're like, I don't yeah. know. Like, did they get this? Or am I going to get the plaque? Yeah. Exactly. So in the meantime, I kept sending emails and they were doing this massive verification. I even gave them, you know, access to the client. You know, here's all the data. Um, here's the client information. I mean, I gave them screenshots. I had to give them access to actual the, the portal where all the payments were processed. So they could actually see that it was $5 million in revenue generated through that funnel. Uh, it was a lot of background information to go through and get that verification. Mm. Um, so it's not a very quick process at all. Right. There's some steps, right? And there's lots of documentation to turn in and they yeah. don't want to just give the award out. You have to have actually earned it and you have to legitimately have done it through a funnel. Right. Yep. Good stuff. Really close to getting one through um, this tree service stuff now too. So that'd be exciting. Yeah. Very, very, very cool stuff. Uh, okay. So Adam's got a question here unrelated. It's, it's about the video quality. He likes the way your camera and your lighting sets set up is. Yeah. What kind of camera do you run there? This is a Canon SL3. So it's a DSLR. It's kind of like the next DSLR. level. DSLR. Yeah. It's a DSLR. And the way I connected to my computer is a, is a cam link 4k. Mm -hmm. 
And the lens I'm using is a Sigma. Now the lens is more expensive than the camera. The, cam the camera was probably like, I would say it was like 400 bucks for the camera. The lens is about $700 just for the lens itself. Hmm. But that lens is what does all the magic. The lens because is what sharpens it up see, for you. I can now, I can basically see how it does the auto zoom. Yeah. See, having that is key. Uh, Cause you'll move around and this camera actually tracks my eyes. I didn't realize that, but if I move to side to side, it actually tracks my eyes and focuses, keeps my face focused. It looks, it looks good. It's, it's a good camera with the, with the, the, the cam link set up and then the lighting, right. Is also what makes you, you could have a great camera with terrible lighting and it still wouldn't look good. You can right. see he's got a backlight behind him that kind of shades the back. And um, yep. is that like a tilted, uh, tilted lights, uh, tinted light with some type of blue or purple? Yeah, what it is is the hue lights. So I have several hue lights in here. Nice. Allow me to basically change um, whatever color I like. But also, I put a stream deck at my desk. Now, here's a here. Don't stream go so deck is, with the stream deck, guys. But go ahead. So stream deck has changed my world. Mm -hmm. um, I have now. You can. What it is is a. a panel of buttons basically you have at your desk your programmable buttons you can do have them do whatever you want but i have a facebook and google uh folder so every client i'm having to go to now to manage i literally click their button and it takes me straight to their ad account is that right so i don't have to dig through all their ad accounts and figure out you know it's like a shortcut get, button of some sort yes a shortcut button to <laughs> each ad account that's pretty cool what's yeah. it called what, what is it it's called a stream deck Stream Deck. Huh. Very, very interesting. Stream Deck. Okay, cool. Let's let's pop back. Lots of cool questions here. People really appreciate what you're sharing. Zach, so people know before I don't want to I don't want to miss the how can people learn more about you, connect with you? What's the best way to engage with you, uh, Zach? I'm on Facebook. Uh, just start, look at me. It's uh, look me up at Zach Winset. I also have um, a website, ZachWinset.com. Uh, I have a group. I'm I haven't been very active in, <laughs> but it's an online entrepreneur group. You can link to that going to my Facebook page. You can hook me up that way. Um, but um, yeah, it's that's how you can reach me. Excellent. So look at look him up. Lots of lots of cool stuff. Um, let's see. People, a lot of people want to make sure there's a replay. Yes, this will this is being recorded. It's going to be uploaded. Um, let's see. Okay. Sorry, guys. If you have follow up questions here, post them. Post them in. Um, let's, let's keep pressing forward. Let's talk a little bit about retention just for a couple minutes. So yes. you've got 60 plus tree trim service companies and you're doing the websites and the SEO and generating the leads. Like what proactive things do you do to retain and what does your fulfillment model look like? Are you doing this work yourself? Do you have a team? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So on retainment, that's the most important thing. Um, as far as an agency goes, if not, you're going to be caught in the hamster wheel or trying to find new clients every single month. Um, a lot, I see a lot of people that come to me, Hey, I need help. My agency. The first thing I say is, well, how long are people staying on? Oh, they're staying on two or three months and they're bailing off. I'm like, that's no good. I mean, you got to figure that out. Uh, is it results? You're not regenerating results or they just not happy with the, the stuff you're doing for them. I mean, what, what's going on? There's got a disconnect there. That's the reason why they're bouncing off. So first and foremost is communication. Uh, make sure that I have a, a really straight communication process with my clients. We go over results. We go over, what do you want to try this month? I mean, 
I'm constantly putting out new ideas in my, in my Facebook group. Again, that's a good way to help retain your clients is I drop nuggets in there of, Hey, here's a new strategy I learned. If you guys want to try it out, be glad to work with you on price and get this thing rolled out just to, just to, as a guinea pig test, basically. Um, but they love getting new ideas and keep, keep staying ahead of competition. Because Smart tidbit there, right? Take your clients, you know, once you've got 5, 10, 15 or more and put them into a Facebook group. Like, and then right. you're cross-mingling and they're sharing ideas and it becomes almost like a mini mastermind of sorts. So go ahead. I don't want to cut you off, but I wanted to make sure that, that I think that's a smart move. Yeah. So as far as retention is communication and then also having, you know, something tangible. I, I like to give them something tangible every month. So in that case, like Carl Rell, for example, will spit out a, a report that can be sent out automatically. So anytime you, anytime you can automate anything as far as reporting goes, I do. I, I just send it out. I don't care what it shows, the data, I just send it out. As long as it shows the number of calls that came in and all that, I'm good to go. Um, a lot of times that's enough to keep these guys on board. As long as they just want to see that they're getting basically a return. You know, that's their biggest thing is they're getting a return on their investment. And if you can prove that through a report, have that report sent to them on a monthly or a weekly basis. And that way, it, you know, that keeps that communication flow going. Nice. When they don't hear from you for six months, if, if they don't hear from you for six months, and their credit card expires and you got to call them up to get the new credit card. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. So focus on results, focus on communication, leverage the marketing automation. And really what you have to do is validate the ROI, right? If they're giving you $1,600 plus you know, 2000 and spend, they need to know that I get that money back or not. Right. And if they did, and you're good with communication for the most part, they're going to, they're going to stick around. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Do you like, so as far as ROI, can you, are you piping that through high level software and using that to pr produce or using some type of Google sheet or something else to prove the ROI? Uh, meant through high level. Sweet. So I put in, and high level allows you to put in the value of an opportunity inside a high level. Mm -hmm. So I put a value in there based on the average a tree removal job across the country. I think, I think I asked them usually, Hey, what's your average revenue for a tree removal? They may say $1,200. That's the number I'm going to use in high level. So in that, you know, basically they multiplies their opportunities, number of opportunities by their, um, that, that $1,200 that gives the total value that you generated. Right. And then are you, are you helping them move the stuff to the closed column so they can see, you know, here's how many jobs actually converted into revenue for you. Yes. They love that, by the way, being able to manage those leads and, and actually keep, keep track of, okay, we gave this person estimate, but we haven't heard back from this one. That helps them keep track of those leads as much as possible. Um, that's a huge value add for these guys. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so great retention tips. How about fulfillment? So you've got a lot of things you do for these guys. What does the fulfillment team look like in your world? I use, I utilize contractors as much as possible. I have uh, actually a really good friend of mine. He worked with me on the stem cell stuff. Um, so he was really good with, um, he's really good with click funnels. He can build up a web, website in no time and WordPress. Uh, good with click funnels, good with uh, automation um, software. So I leverage him as much as I possibly can. Um, he's really good and efficient at doing what he does. He's also stateside. So having someone in your time zone 
that can help you is huge. Um, versus I was doing everything overseas, uh, having a web designer, I had a programmer, I had uh, a Google ads person, all that, per, all that overseas. And I'll tell you, I was staying up, you know, imagine trying to run your agency during the day and then manage them at night. Okay. Cause they're totally different time, you know, Philippines or wherever you're at. I mean, you got to sit there, you got to manage those people. So it came like, you know, small, small task works great. But if you've got, you know, someone that's, you, you got to sit there and, and train them on how to do things and all this, it takes more, it takes a lot of time. So I try to focus more on state side as far as things that are critical, things that are, so, so for example, I, I tried several guys overseas to do, uh, to manage Google ads. I actually lost three clients when I made that switch. Mm. Um, the communication of them was do not mess with these ads. If these ads were performing, don't touch these ads. Well, what they did, they went in and messed with the ads. Okay. And so I've, I've actually been through that process and I've tried to keep things at state side as much as I possibly can. I have, I have just now started getting some interviews going with people overseas to help build out some campaigns. But as far as optimizing the campaigns and doing the daily work, that's going to be stateside. That's going to be me and possibly some more people here in the States. Mm. But as far as setting up the initial camp, the initial campaigns on Facebook or Google or YouTube, you can definitely outsource that overseas. That's not a problem to do that, but it's just the optimization that takes place. That really is a skill set that you need to learn yourself um, that you can train someone, you know, just down the street from you. It'd be great if you can even do that. Um, yeah just trying to keep that knowledge as much as possible because overseas is totally different communication wise and all that. It's just my experience anyway. hundred percent. And Josh really picked up Josh Hunt, by the way, picked up on, you got to learn it before you train it. Right. Exactly. Don't, don't yeah. think, especially with, with virtual people that you're going to magically hand something off that you don't understand and the results somehow going to be great. But as the owner of your business, you have to understand enough about it and actually know how it works to train someone how to do it the way that it needs to be done. Uh, otherwise, you're you know, you're just tossing it out there and hope, and the results probably aren't going to be what you need them to be. Exactly. You'd be lucky if they were. Let's put it that way. You hire some random company, even the best of the best known brands, and say, "Hey, handle my paper quick, get my yep. client results." You know, you're looking at a one in ten chance that that's going to be what it's supposed to be. Exactly. Yep. Good stuff. So, so we talked about, we talked about niche, we talked about landing clients, we talked about delivering results. Um, it sounds like you've got a virtual team, but you'd prefer to have it be a US based team. I do. Yeah. Likewise, likewise. And there's certain positions that international makes sense, but there's also certain positions you want US based. And, you know, like you said, if you can hire someone in your backyard that you can meet with face to face and have like a real team that you can, you know, elbow to elbow, um, all the better in, in my opinion. Yep especially like with build outs of websites and things like that. What I've noticed with this guy is, you know, Hey, we got a problem with the website or if there's, um, uh, they want to make changes or, you know, it's just easy communication wise. You just call somebody in your time zone. Hey, we've got a client need to get this done today. Done. You know, it's, it's knocked out versus on overseas and you can't, then you wake up the next morning and it's like, I didn't really want it done that way. And now you got to go back through the whole process again. So, with websites and funnel builds and things like that, I try to stick with that state side. Good, good stuff. So 
you know, coming to the close here, first of all, guys, be sure to look Zach Winsett up, zachwinsett.com. If you want to connect with him on Facebook, obviously very successful, very willing to share what's working for him. He, he's an awesome guy. Um, looking back over, over your, your career, if there were three lessons that kind of stood out to you uh, that you could share, what would those three lessons be? Uh, first one is fail fast. Mm. Um, you're going to fail. Um, don't let it trip you up. Just keep going. That's the second lesson. I think a lot of people will just like, trip up that first time, first or second time they give up. Um, keep going. I mean, you just got to keep pressing through. I can't tell you how many times, how many hours I've spent trying to learn a new skill. I'm self-taught with Facebook. I'm self-taught with Google. I'm self-self. Everything I've learned is a skill set. I've actually dug my heels in and wasn't. I'm, another thing too is don't be afraid to hire a mentor. Mm. Hire someone that knows what they're doing. They do this on a daily basis. Um, there are there are a lot of people out there that that talk the talk. They don't do the walk, right? So they just they they basically don't run an agency themselves. They like teaching agencies up. They don't have a clue how to do it, actually do it though. Um, they're, 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 you know, they're really good at taking your money and running and then you don't learn anything, you know? Um, but it's really good to find someone like Josh just to can help you, you know, basically get, get, he's doing this on a daily basis just as I am. So someone like that, that's going to go in, help you find out where your bottlenecks are in your, in your agency help you scale the next level. That's just huge. Um, cause there's a lot of bad actors out here in this world. And I know that I've been through that. I've been, I've, I've actually, I, I'm afraid to even look at my, uh, how much money I've spent on bad courses and bad mentors, just trying to learn basic, simple skills. Um, but once you find, once you, once you hear someone that says, Hey, this person's really, really good. I want to learn, learn with them, contact that person, see how you can evolve with that person and then basically learn as much as you possibly can. And if they're a genuine person and they're willing to help you out, that goes a long, long way. If at any point in time you're in a, in a, in a coaching program or something like that, and you've got a bad feeling in the back of your head that they might be not knowing exactly what it is that you're trying to, to learn, it might be a good time to, to, you know, to cut ties. I mean, it's, you want to find someone you're, that you will align with. I think that's very important, especially with coaching. Um, I tell people come to me, some people come to me all the time. Hey, I've, I'm a new person. I want to learn how to do agency stuff. I say, okay. Um, but we start digging in a little bit and I kind of find out their core values don't match with mine. I'm like, we're not going to be, it's not going to work well. Um, the way I view things, the way I do things might be different in the way that you do that. So try to find someone who aligns with you. Um, that's been my biggest thing is, I haven't been afraid to invest in myself, invest in my skills, um, to learn from the top people. Um, I've got countless numbers of people I can, I can say, if I want to learn Facebook ads, go to this person, Google ads, this person. I mean, I can name those, those people individually because I've, I know those people, I know their intents. I know that they are genuinely looking at, um, making themselves better and also helping their students be better. So that's what you'll look for when you're looking for a coach. hundred percent. Good. I mean, amazing, amazing insights. Feel fast. Um, don't let your failure slow you down. And then don't be afraid to invest and hire 
support, right? Find someone that's done what you're looking to do that is actually doing this stuff day to day and get the help that you need in order to move quicker and just kind of shortcut some of these challenges that you might face in your business. That's right. Beautiful. Any questions in here real quick, guys? Lots of people say, hey, great advice. Really appreciate the time. Uh, be sure to uh, go on Facebook if you're watching this and tag Zach. Thank him for sharing. He shared some amazing insights on today's session. As we wrap up, would there be one last nugget of wisdom that you might want to share with that agency owner that's wherever they're at, you know, and they're looking to get to the next level? One last yeah. nugget of wisdom. So based on where you are, uh, if you get to the next level, um, you kind of have to, like, again, go back and align yourself with someone that's doing things on a consistent basis. And I'm not saying don't ever do this. Don't, don't copy what they're doing exactly, right? So find someone that's next level, but don't copy what they're doing. Put your own spin on it, okay, and do it better. Reverse engineer. So There's so many tools out there now you can reverse engineer so many things, right? Find out what they're doing, find out how they're doing it, and do it better. And then offer, offer customer service at a top notch, you know, at a high, very high level, and you're going to do very well. If you focus more on providing a top-notch service than you do your own revenue, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I think a lot of guys get caught up, oh, I've got to make $10,000 this month or $20,000 a month. Focus on providing the quality service and everything else will take care of itself. Great, great stuff. Well, Zach, it's been, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you sharing. Uh, guys, again, be sure to, to thank Zach. Be sure to connect with him on Facebook. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, any, any parting thoughts as we wrap up today before we close out today's session? I don't think I have anything. That was great having me on, Josh. I appreciate it. And uh, it was an honor to be here. Thank you. Thanks for sharing again. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, if you'd like to listen to more interviews like this, be sure to go to, plump, uh, go to sevenfigureagency.com. Uh, we've got a podcast with other successful uh, digital marketing agencies on what they're doing to grow and scale their businesses. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye guys. Thank you.